0: to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Breanne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. As always, I'm super excited to be talking with an interesting person, but especially today because I'm talking to my friend Kelsey, who is a fellow Backstreet fan. That's really what brought us together. But today she's enlightening me about a different fandom, which is the Harry Styles fandom, which I know very little about. But if I know what Kelsey's good at, one of the main things is that she is a huge fangirl, so I know she's the right person to teach us all about Harry Styles and his marketing efforts. So welcome, Kelsey.
1: Thank you so much. I am so excited to talk about Harry with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a deviation from what we normally talk about, so this will be a lot Brilliant. of <laughs> So yeah, just to give people some background on how we know each other, it's actually the Backstreet Boys that have brought us together. And I'm trying to connect the dots, if it was just Cody that was the main link, or if it was the BSB Fangirls group that we were in. Yeah, I, I think
1: it was a little bit of the universe at its finest, <laughs> um, because I remember, I think Brit knew Danielle somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I think Danielle had mentioned you to us, I remember I had already been following you on Instagram and then Cody mentioned you to us. And I was like, okay, people keep telling us that we need to be friends with this brand. (laughs) So just like a lot of mutual friends, a lot of things aligning. And I became like an immediate fangirl of you and your brand. And we were just like, we need to really like delve into this friendship a little bit more. And that what has come out of it, just from being like, Instagram friends to now having a live stream together and talking literally every day.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. All day, every every day. So we also host a live stream called Fangirls Night Out with our friends Britt and Danielle as well, which is kind of just our fun little hangout where we talk about boy bands and it's just a blast. But the thing about you, Kelsey and Britt and Danielle, about all of us, is that we... Oddly enough, incorporate the Backstreet Boys into our branding. Like it is front and center; they're on your homepage, like yes. they're they're everywhere. So how could we not be friends? Like you said, it's the just the universe aligning. So, so happy to have discovered you. I'm waiting for the day where we can all meet in real life, maybe in the pit oh. at the Backstreet Boys concert. But yeah, see what 2021 that is the goal. Bring. Yes. <laughs> so, give me some backstory. Well. Actually, introduce yourself and your business and talk about your, your professional background and then we'll get into the fangirl stuff.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Yes. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Kelsey. Um, I live in Virginia right now. I'm a military spouse, so my location changes every few years. Um But I run a business called Launch Your Daydream. Um, I have a business partner who we have mentioned previously. Britt is my counterpart and also one of our co-hosts on Fangirls Night Out. My business is a brand and website design studio for photographers. Um, Over time, we niche down to photographers. But yeah, really the bread and butter of what we do is brand strategy. And that side is the branding side of it website strategy and design for our clients and yeah we Britt and I actually were you know we were brought together through a Facebook group but we really connected and bonded because of the Backstreet Boys as well so fangirling has done a lot for not only just my personal life but my professional life. and it's been really amazing to realize that it's that side of us in a professional way like when I When I first started uh, working on my own, I I used to just have a business by myself. I was scared to kind of like really be myself. I was scared to show my tattoos and my branding photos, and I was scared to mention things like Backstreet Boys on my about page. But once I finally started doing that, it really brought me closer and closer to people. So I am so grateful for this little world out there that is this intersection of professionals and fangirls. I'm so happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important message is that when you let yourself just freely express the things that you love and the things that you're into, you find your audience better and you could potentially Mm -hmm. find your business partner or a, a mentor that you have more in common with. And then the conversations just flow so much better and there's no there's no like awkward networking phase. You just kind of jump right into it and you skip that part, which is just the best. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's get into your One Direction slash Harry fandom and how that all started. So were you a One Directioner first or did you just jump on the Harry train? How did that work?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I am a late bloomer. Actually, a fan of Harry Solo before I became a fan of One Direction. Now, I was never like opposed to their radio hits back in the day, but I never dug deeper than that. I decided to kind of work backwards and he became a One Direction fan as well. Um, but I think that that's kind of what is giving me this unique pers- As I've really followed this marketing stuff, I'm really, really fascinated by the one Direction, and although a part of it now, um, it was this different beast in its prime when they were still a band. And um, so through a lot of my research, I've kind of uh, like learned a lot about them and I'm so fascinated by it. I think the perspective that I can offer is be so involved in this fandom as well as Backstreet Boys fandom and Mm -hmm. seeing the differences and kind of figuring out why those differences exist. Um, so, so I'm going to dive into a lot of that today. But yeah. Um, yeah, if you want me to just start with kind of what I've learned about the One Direction fandom, and then we can kind of link it into what's uh, been so cool about Harry's marketing efforts for his latest album.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I just, to kick things off, I mean, just hearing you talk about it, you seem like a very well-rounded boy band fan. So who knows, we might even get into the Jonas Brothers by the end of this. We might be all over the place, but you know. I'm an
1: O Town fan as well. Yeah. So
0: It's hard not to love them and I I kind of feel like I had the same progression with the Jonas Brothers. Like I didn't get into them really until they did their comeback tour. And again, I wasn't really opposed to their music before if I would hear yeah. it, you know, I would pop along, but I don't think I really knew all of their names and everything until until the comeback. So let's talk about how Harry ventured into his solo efforts and dig into what he did to market himself.
1: Yeah, of course. I would actually like to start with like what made One Direction fandom so unique mm-hmm. and um, what it is, is like this, this just like crazy path and dedication and, um, you know, for those listening who might not be super familiar with it, I'm sure you've heard a little bit about them. Like they make waves. And especially if you're in the marketing world or on Twitter, like they've set insane records with the crazy things that they get trending. And I think that that really says a lot about why they have so much power, but I figure out like why do they have this much power and like, you know, kind of what's the more like deeper meaning behind it. So, um, I, I think it actually boils down to the demographic more so, um, because obviously One Direction fans are on average a lot younger. I am an old fan and I'm only 29. Um, but most of the people that I interact with in that fandom are like teenagers still, or like just starting college, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's why there's been a lot of differences in what I've experienced being involved in this fandom versus Backstreet Boys fandom. Um, But I actually read, someone did a thesis on um, women's marketing. And um, one of the things that I found really interesting, this is a prime example of the power and dedication of these fans was uh, Project No Control. So what this is was um, (laughs) their second to last album. It was the last album they did with all five members, um, had two singles at the time. And fans were mad. They felt like they needed more singles. They felt like the general population was not getting a clear enough vision of what this boy band had become. They were still seeing them as what they started as. And now so many years later, their sound and their style and everything had developed. And the fandom was mad that there were not more singles showcasing this. So they decided to take it upon themselves to quote unquote fan release a single. Um, Literally within two days, the song that they chose, No Control, was number one on (laughs) Billboard. Two days. Yeah. But started with one fan who decided this, spread the news, everyone jumped on and they make shit happen hack- quickly. It's insane. Yeah. And so in this thesis paper that I was reading, um the girl credited kind of like the success of this campaign and other things like this to a few different things, but the thing that stood out the most to me was just the fandom's connectivity online.
0: Mhm.
1: And just this community that they have. And I think again, it's really, really because of the demographic. and like the the majority of the fans have been raised with Twitter and Tumblr. Like Twitter is like a second language to them. For me, I'm still struggling with how to use Twitter. I don't know how to like if I wanted to start something like Project No Control, I would have no idea where to start. Mm-hmm. But I think because it's like, so second nature to them that yeah. they're like they have this really big impact on on s- spreading the news and like building these big campaigns just on their
0: own. It's really crazy to right. me. Um, yeah, isn't that insane? That's so surprising. It's like their their first instinct is whenever they have a problem, it's like okay, how can we turn this around using online media? And I mm-hmm. feel like. For me as as a millennial that wouldn't even really cross my mind right away like I would I would probably just gripe about it to my friends maybe you know years ago people would just write fan letters but the way it is now fans can fans have the power they can take things into their own hands and your audience will tell you what they want and I yes. think that's a lesson for businesses as well is listen to your audience because they'll tell you what they want from you and what they want to see happen next but it's just they found a way to use social media as their their go to to make things happen. That's <laughs> I had no idea that they did that. Yeah, and that, that's just
1: like one of the things. Like they yeah. they've done a lot of things like that, and that's why I'm just fascinated. And I I do think something special about the One Direction fandom. But in doing this kind of search, and again, this is all just from my personal perspective of what I think is the reason behind it. But I really do think it boils down to that that demographic. And because I see this happen with like the BTS army, like K-pop stands. Mm -hmm. So I I don't necessarily think it's just One Direction. I think it's more so this generation of fans. And I mean, I'm sure that this will new as time goes on and new bands come out. Like I'm, I can't even fathom what might happen 10 years from now, you know? So yeah, I think it has a lot to do with that, but um, I noticed as I was comparing all of these things, I noticed some kind of like parallels with um, the Harry Solo fandom as well. And it's, I'm realizing that it was all rooted in what was built through the One Direction fandom. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think the, the generational differences are vast, even just from millennials to Gen Z. I mean, they, they grew up, we, we started growing up on it, but when it was brand new and we were just figuring it out what we could do with it. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is all they know is this power that they have just through online media. So yeah, yeah let's hear how the Harry stans have taken over Twitter and the release of his new album and how that all has gone down. I can only imagine.
1: Of <laughs> yeah. So this stuff is really cool because Take that fandom, that dedicated, powerful fandom that I just told you about, and layer in Columbia Records' marketing team, which I think has done an amazing job at some really creative Easter egg style marketing campaigns for Harry's latest solo album, which is what I'm going to primarily focus on today. And With that being said, I don't know how involved Harry is in the actual creative decisions, but it seems like, at least from a fan's perspective, that he's definitely involved in some way because, um, I mean, a lot of the decisions are really unique and um, align with the actual content of the videos and things like that that I know he has a lot of say in. So um, I think it's kind of like a trifecta of him with this great marketing team and with the amazing fandom that, um, I was just telling you about. So, so let's start with, um, October of 2019. Um, when he was getting ready to start promoting his second solo album called Fine Line. And at this point, fans kind of like think that something must be in the works because it's been a while, but they don't really know anything at all. Um, and in October, these random posters start showing up in LA. I'm not sure exactly where all the locations were, but I'm pretty sure LA was one of them. Um, And just these really cryptic posters that are all black with white text. And they say, do you know who you are? And there's no Harry Styles, there's no nothing. The only hints that it might be related to Harry Styles are the Columbia Records logo. And four letters, TPWK, which you might notice are actually on my sweatshirt right (laughs) now. Oh yeah, look at that. (laughs) Um, So only like really involved fans would know that this is a hint to Harry. His um, kind of like, I don't know what you would call it, mantra, slogan, Mm -hmm. what he lives by is treat people with kindness. And this has become like his thing. It's his message. It's Mm -hmm. his brand. And before this album, there was already merch in his merch shop that said TPWK, also treat people with kindness. There was all different merch. And so fans already recognized this as a mark of Harry, but no one else did. So a lot of fans, um, you know, speculated, okay, this means new album is coming. This has to mean new album is coming. But they were really excited because it almost felt like a secret message to them because nobody else knew what this meant. Mm -hmm. Um, but they loved how cryptic it was. I saw people on Twitter call him a drama queen. (laughs) They just, (laughs) they loved it. And this is just the tip of the iceberg with, um, the other kind of Easter egg style campaign that I'm going to share with you. But anyway, this developed into ultimately, um, I think it was actually on, um, world mental health day. Mm. Um, they announced that his, uh, I think his video, maybe the video launched on world mental health day and they announced it the day before either way it was around then. And another part, another like cryptic cryptic part of this whole campaign was this website also titled, do you know who you are? And, um, I'm not even sure how they found that because a lot, you'll notice with a lot of these things, they don't make announcements. It's not like, Hey, go check out this website. The fans find this stuff on their own. So I'm assuming this was trending. People were searching it. And then ultimately the website popped up and what it was, was you put your name in and it generates a little note for you with a compliment. It was just a really nice thing. Yeah. And, um, so it kind of, you know, as you're seeing, it's kind of all going into this overarching message that he has of like accepting everyone and self-acceptance and the specific song and video that this was promoting is actually a song about his own self-acceptance. So it kind of came full circle. Uh Um, But anyway, so this was kind of just the very beginning of the fine line era, which we are still in right now. We just, um, got to experience the release of his latest video for golden last week. It was very exciting, but, um, the, the really big one that I want to, um, share with you is the whole campaign that they had built for the music video for adore you.
0: Mm.
1: And, um, so you might be familiar with that. That's a radio hit. Um, And this was like what really, really fascinated me. It's again, another one of those um, Easter egg style marketing campaigns, which I, once I kind of like share the story with you, I'd love to hear your take on like pros and cons of this because I've never really seen anything like this. But um, once I kind of coupled it with what I know about the fandom, it started to make a lot of sense to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So anyway. Yeah.
0: um, Definitely (laughs) know the song. But I know yes. about
1: how it was promoted. So yeah, but, and no. wait, yeah, wait till you see. You're gonna want to go watch the video after this. <laughs> yeah. um, but as I said at the beginning, I was a late bloomer, even with the Harry Solo stuff. So unfortunately, disclaimer here: I did not get to experience this campaign in real time. But um, the type of fangirl I am, I do a lot of research, and I, yeah. I really delve into it once I become a fan of it. So I feel like I experienced it, even though mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, So let's just say, imagine that uh, you're a Harry Styles fan and um, you're really involved in the fandom. Maybe you have a fan account. Maybe you interact with a lot of fan accounts online where you kind of discuss things like what are these posters and stuff like that. Suddenly, you start getting ads on Facebook and Instagram for an island called Eroda. It's a travel website that is being promoted to you, wants you to come visit. Come visit the island of Erota. And you're seeing these ads. Maybe you click on it because it's intriguing. It takes you to a tourism website, which is still up and running. Visit Arota.com. No land quite like it. It's a little like outdated kind of. It looks like a, I don't know, kind of like a sketchy small town sort of okay. website. It's a little yeah. peculiar, um, but it's got links for accommodations, attractions, um, a guide, a little map um all about it and some testimonials. So it seems like your classic kind of tourism website.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but uh, fans started to wonder, you know, why am I getting these ads? What do they mean? At first no one's connecting this to Harry Styles. They're just like what is this ad? But if you were one of the fans who decided to click into the website and explore, you might have started to catch a few little easter eggs. Um One, they were kind of already on high alert because of the whole first music video release and seeing how cryptic that was. Now, like, as a Harry Styles fan myself and experiencing some of this stuff since then, I'm, like, on high alert all the time. Like, what does this mean? If anything happens, what does this mean? And so um, there was a couple things. There were some little Easter eggs in, like, the website copy that kind of hinted to song title names. Um, also if anyone really wanted to start digging and say like, what is this weird island I'm getting an ad for? And you go and search it anywhere else. You would obviously quickly learn that it's not a real place. It doesn't exist. So for some of our more like tech savvy Harry's who decided to go and reverse image search, the images would find (laughs) like this is a picture of Norway. Or the one that I think really specifically hinted to fans was a picture of an area in Scotland where they knew Harry had been spotted recently. Um, and so that was kind of a, a big like flag for them. Yeah. Um, so lots of little things like this. And then what I've experienced within the fandom is like anytime time something like this happens, everybody starts posting it and talking about it. Mm -hmm. So they kind of came together as this like investigative team to say like, is this about Harry? What does this have to do with Harry? What does this mean? Why do they want us to go there? And um, so it it was just kind of like this big effort. Um, Another thing some fans notice is of course, if they were the type that are familiar with the way that Facebook ads work, you can see why you were targeted in an ad. And if you went to his website within the past however many days you were targeted. So that was a dead giveaway as well. But I think not all fans knew to check that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they slowly started piecing it together and realizing this had something to do with him. But it was very, very cryptic and weird and confusing. Um, but ultimately, it was used to promote the video for Adore You. Eroda is actually adore spelled backwards. And... Um, <laughs> oh. <yeah. laughs> And now you will see on the website, which is still live, there are sponsored ads for the music video that will link you Mm -hmm. to the music video. But if you went back then, these ads weren't there yet because that would have been a real dead giveaway. Mm. Um, But the, the next big thing in this Easter egg campaign, there was a Twitter account that was doing some sketchy cryptic stuff and that twitter account has stuck around and has also dropped some sketchy cryptic tweets when other things are dropping Um, they dropped a a sunshine emoji when we were getting ready for golden to release Mm -hmm. um so it's all kind of like intertwined um but anyway on the i think it's the yeah the attractions page of the website um there's a movie theater mentioned and back when they were promoting this, one day um, there was a link to, a it says, check out a preview to see what's coming soon. And this linked to the trailer for the music video. Um, this is one of those music videos that's like, tells a huge story. It's like a big directed like movie experience almost. Yeah. So they had a trailer for it. Huh. And that's when fans really started to know like, okay, this is what this is about. Um, I also heard from a fan that, um, apparently it was first seen by like, it it was in a movie theater in Scotland, a random movie theater aired it and it was posted on a fan account on Twitter. But what, from what I've heard, this is all hearsay, but from what I've heard is that it was actually like someone from the marketing team made a fake fan account. Just mm-hmm. to do this, to be like, we're leaking, oh, look at what just showed up at this theater in Scotland. Oh, my <laughs> God. But it was really, like, well-planned out. So calculated, um, yeah. So stuff like that. Um, but what I want to say um, before kind of opening up, up a little bit more to discussion is the thing that I realized that was, like, really special about this, again, is the fandom mm-hmm. and um, and just the way that they kind of come together and use social media Um, So the epiphany for me was that this style of marketing, I don't think it would work this way with everyone, but because of the way that this fandom is, it almost made the fans the marketing team for them. Like they dropped the breadcrumbs and then the fans did all the work in promoting it. Harry is very quiet on social media. He doesn't do a lot of posting. He's, He's talked about it being better for his mental health. And even his like team doesn't post a lot. The ones who are doing all of the posting and all of the promotion is the fans. They're the ones who get this stuff trending on -hmm. their own based off of these breadcrumbs. And, um, another thing that I just thought was really cool from a more kind of like emotional perspective, I'm a very emotional person. So I really (laughs) liked this, but I talked to a few fans individually who did experience this in real time. And, um, The one told me that this was something that was really special because it brought them together. It was like this shared mission. And she told me, she was like, you know, the fandom is always fighting over something. And I think you can understand, (laughs) even in the Backstreet Boys fandom, there's always a fight. There's always arguments. There's always two sides to every theory and every conspiracy and all this stuff. Um, But she said, you know how the fandom is always fighting over something? For a little while, all of that was put to, to the side. And everyone worked together to figure out what the fuck rota was and why they <laughs> wanted us there. It was cute and there was a whole lot of teamwork. And I thought that was so beautiful because I have experienced that, like feeling the, the disconnect when you're in a fandom. And you're like, no, the reason yeah. we're here is because we all love the same thing and we want right. to Like, be this community. And so I love that. I don't even think this was the... Intention of their marketing campaign, but I love that it did this because I know that Harry would love that too. He would love that it brought them together. They were working together like a team from all over the world, different countries going, What the heck is this? piecing theories together. And it's still happening. I mean, to this day with everything that they released, I finally got to experience it with Golden, but Mm -hmm. it's just this crazy other world that I never would have known was out there. And I
0: am. I am just shook by it. <laughs> yeah, I bet there's a really detailed Reddit thread with all of the, <laughs> the breadcrumbs and everyone piecing it. Oh yeah, yeah. I
1: just brushed the surface with with everything that they dropped even just for like the Adore You campaign alone. There's so much yeah. that I didn't even dive into, but it's it's just, I'm really impressed by the work that they've done. And I'm even more impressed by like the impact that it had because of the fans' involvement.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the holy grail of marketing for musicians or for any brand is to empower and activate your audience to do it for you. Ask yourself, how can you involve them and how can you get them talking and getting topics trending and and being the ones that are creating those impressions? And I think it's so interesting because this whole Easter egg thing, I mean, of course, one of the first people that come to mind for me is Taylor Swift, but I think it's really interesting that Harry's team took the Easter eggs offline and did more of like a guerrilla marketing format with the posters and everything. And, and, you know, I think that's an interesting way to get people's attention is to go the more traditional route. And then it's interesting to see how the whole conversation shifted online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with with the ads and everything there and the Erota ads, just reminds me that, having someone's contact information, whether it's their IP address so you can target them, whether you have their email, whether they follow you on social media, that is a privilege. And so many brands will squander that privilege by spamming your inbox, sending you ads and things that just aren't compelling. And that's that's how you lose trust and loyalty. People start muting and ignoring your messages and i think Harry's team by the way you describe it they really took that job seriously in the fact that okay we have all of these contacts at our fingertips how can we really make this intriguing compelling and interesting and not just blast oh go buy the album now and just blast out promotional messages right so i think more brands can do that it's just remember that if someone's giving you permission to contact them you better make it good and make it worthwhile and not just spam them with promotional stuff. I think mm-hmm. he did that beautifully. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: it's definitely made me think differently about a lot of stuff even just as a business owner and obviously what I'm doing is very different from what he's doing. <laughs> but but it's just made me realize like I mean, you talk about this a lot like the power of of fans even as a business owner and it's made me kind of reevaluate like What we're doing with our audience. And like, Mm -hmm. I I think we should maybe be focusing more on like quality over quantity when it comes to the content we're putting out there. Um, Because I mean, we were even just talking about it in our little biz chat this morning that I don't feel like our business Instagram account has done a lot for us. And I'm realizing it might be because a lot of the time we're just posting because we feel like we need to be posting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: while we try to put a lot of value and quality behind those posts, they're still like the main purpose of doing it is just because we feel like we have to be posting. So I've learned from this, like the power of, you know, maybe being a little less active and focusing more on really building up that quote unquote fan base mm-hmm. so that when we do post something, they get excited about it and yeah. want to learn more about it and want to share like i think although what we're doing is so very different and he's extremely famous and i'm talking about photographers who run their own business i think there is some kind of parallel here in when it comes to like building up that quote unquote fan base and how they're mm-hmm. going to react to the content that you're putting out there
0: yeah it's really just involving your audience i mean that's why UGC and user-generated content is, is so popular. And I think another thing we see a lot of brands do now is just finding more ways to gamify. It's almost like this was gamified. Like it was a, a virtual scavenger hunt, if you will. Everyone's racing to the end, trying to figure out the, yeah. the plan and get to the finish line. So it's how can you make your content more interesting and involve your audience in some type of game or something where there's some intrigue And some type of end goal, or there's a big answer that you want them to get. Mm -hmm. And I think as brands, we just kind of give our audience the answer all the time. We spoon feed them information and tell them everything that we're up to, everything that's to come, everything that we're doing, where there could be this whole process and journey that takes place before that, where they help figure it out along the way, or Mm -hmm. just even share their own input or their own experiences and it's all just more compelling for everyone. It's more fun as the brand to kind of see that yeah. chatter in real time and to engage with it, and it's more fun for the audience too because now they have something fun to do and like you said also the community building aspect is yeah. so special and important and i think that's the main goal of social media and marketing is to build community and to bring people together and to create those brand loyalists. So it's it's understandable why Harry stans are so loyal because they've invested so much time into being a fan also. yep, Yeah. I totally agree. And I think again, like it just to
1: loop it back to the power of their generation and their demographic. um, I've I've heard a lot about this, uh, the social dilemma documentary, which I didn't actually watch, but I, I get the idea. And I know that it talks a lot about that generation, like having less human interaction. But what I think is that, you know, we're always evolving as humans. And I think that all of us have this innate need for human interaction, and they don't really realize that they need it, but the way that they're getting it is through the internet, which I know kind of doesn't make sense because it's not actual human interaction. But I think that that's why it's so powerful to them because they're like not getting as much interaction as they need. And this is the only way that they like kind of know how to do it. So they just keep doing it more and more. And I think that that's why like their connectivity online has become so big in the like world impact that they've had on making things trend or making projects like Project No Control be really successful because it's just like their way of life almost. I'm really fascinated by it.
0: Yeah, and I think especially in 2020, we've seen it that you can really foster togetherness and unity online. Yes, it's great to have that human interaction as well, but really 2020 hasn't given us a choice. And it's interesting. So he he started this campaign in 2019. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, (laughs) maybe he saw this coming, but (laughs) the fact that he he built this community online does does his fans, do they have their own name? Like a- Yeah,
1: we're just called Harry's, like with an IE.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's built this community to the point where they have a name, and I'm sure they have their own hashtag, and there's fan accounts. And really, that is how fan love and also brand love is taking place, is all online. And I mm-hmm. think a brand that also does it really well, another huge juggernaut of 2020, is Peloton. I don't have a Peloton, but from everyone I know, like the fact that there's groups that you can join on the app and you can, you can ride with people across the country and that you can add your own hashtags. Like they're embracing connectivity online because we can't really do it um, Mm -hmm.
1: offline.
0: So there are ways. And I think that that is really the mindset that brands should be in is not just publishing and creating content to promote, but to connect people. Yes. Together. Yes. I love that. How do you think you would summarize the biggest takeaway from Harry or what has Harry even taught you in, in your business the most?
1: I think that the biggest takeaway from all of this and what I've learned from Harry, not only as a person, but also as a brand mm-hmm. is is just the importance of people. And, and like we were talking about this community, like, I mean, it's part of why I fell so fast, so quickly into this fandom. is like, obviously at the surface, I'm a fan of him. I love his music. I love him as a person. He stands for all that is good in the world, but I got so involved in the fandom so quickly because of the people that I interacted with and the enthusiasm that they have that just like, made me want to become a bigger part of it. And so, you know, as we see this comes full circle with, with the marketing and basically us as the fans doing the marketing forum, I think it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's taught me so much about, about life and about relationships and community, but also branding as a whole.
0: I love the word enthusiasm because enthusiasm is contagious and mm-hmm. once you once you can convert one fan or even if you have to activate an influencer who you know is clearly passionate about your product or enthusiastic about it that creates ripple effects and waves and it, that is just one way to bring people together i just mm-hmm. love how you, how you sum that up Thanks. well thank you more to come on boy band stuff from us i know that's going to be oh yeah in the always future, but i had no idea any of this happened and <laughs> yeah, i have to i have to go back and watch Watch the videos and try to collect some of the Easter eggs myself because now I'm oh, invested. Yeah. It's
1: so good, so fun.
0: <laughs> so, where can fellow Harrys connect with you and piece together some of these Easter eggs? <laughs> yeah,
1: so my personal Twitter account is Brands and Boy Bands, and um, my you could follow my business if any of your photographers out there launch yeah. your daydream. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much where I'm the most active is uh, Twitter and, and Instagram.
0: Yeah, I will definitely link everything. And if you guys haven't seen her and Britt's work, it is just amazing. I'm going to have to have you guys rebrand the podcast because it's needs- fun. <laughs> that would be a dream <laughs> um, project. <laughs> yes, please. I need all the help I can get. This was an absolute blast, Kelsey. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe, or better yet, leave a review. You can also join my Twitter chat at hashtag popchat for weekly pop culture discussions you can actually learn from. If you have an idea for an episode, shoot me a DM at Brianne2k. As always, thanks for listening.